Plants capture CO2. What if we could help industrial plants capture it too? Think how we could help lower emissions. It's one way ExxonMobil is helping industrial plants be more like plants. Big Thursday on NFL Live. Look at Russ. He's got that Leonardo DiCaprio working right there. We got Diana Rossini going behind the scenes at the ESPYs, chirping Adrian Peterson, all the things. Wouldn't recommend it. Plus, Todd Gurley spoke out about that knee that slowed him down to end 2018. He doesn't sound insanely confident just yet. We'll play that sound for you in just a bit. And the biggest news of the day moves across L.A. to Melvin Gordon. Melvin has laid down terms for the L.A. Chargers to meet if they do not what does that mean for Austin Eckler? What does that mean for the rest of the backs still floating around the NFL? We'll get to all that. Welcome to NFL Live. Jack Collins with Jeff Dawn. Dan Graziani, the Super Bowl champ, Jeff Saturday, over on the end. You were just in L.A. What was, yeah. What was like the what was, moments ago. Yeah. Moments ago. Jeff flew we took in. The, we hey, took we the red eye. The whole thing. <laughs> How was the trip? Yeah, it was great. We uh, did a little dinner with Jared Goff over, uh-huh. there in, uh, over there in lovely Malibu. And then we sat down with Saquon Barkley, which we'll see more of. Coming like soon to the Sports Center near you. Nice. Then we saw him caught the ESPYs last night, boys. It's a good time. Man. You know? That's a Just good big day. day. Good it's trip. It's a big day. I scooted on out of there. How you scooted feeling? I love there. Hollywood. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you. So we'll get to a little Hollywood drama that we have spinning up yeah. right now. So Melvin Gordon. This one may shake the AFC West. Former first-round pick. Now entering that fifth-year option of his rookie deal. He is looking for a big payday or things may get interesting. Worth mentioning, Gordon skipped most of the offseason but did attend mandatory minicamp. So as we do with just about everything that gets interesting, let's welcome in Adam Schefter by phone. Adam, you broke this story. You've been all over it. What is going on right now with Melvin Gordon? Well, Jack, this is really another and the latest referendum on the value of running backs because the Chargers and Melvin Gordon have negotiated to try to get a new deal done but are nowhere close to reaching an agreement at this point in time. And because they're so far apart and because they value Melvin Gordon in different ways, Melvin Gordon decided to take the step to make it public today that he's not going to go to training camp without a new contract. And if he doesn't have that new contract, that he's going to demand a trade to another team. So let your imagination run wild. Begin to picture which teams would be interested in making a play for Melvin Gordon. Imagine what the Chargers backfield and offense would look like without Melvin Gordon, but that really gets past the initial foundational issue, which is can they get him signed to a new contract? He wants a deal that puts him in line to be paid much like Todd Gurley or David Johnson or any of the top paid running backs in the game. He's headed into the fifth-year option on his contract as it stands now, scheduled to make $5.6 million dollars. He obviously believes that he deserves a lot more than that at this point in time. The Chargers value him, but value him to a certain limit. And again, if he's not there, how does that impact the locker room? How does that impact how other players view this team taking care of or not taking care of one of its chief contribution players and a vital cog in this offense? And how does this resolve itself? But I can tell you that Melvin Gordon is dug in right now. He's not going to be at training camp without a new contract, and he will ask for that trade. So, Adam, what what do you expect to happen next year? What may come uh, up next? 
Well, listen, I think we have to see how this situation resolves itself. Can the two sides begin to get together and work out a new deal or not? And I think that really is the interesting part of this because it's about 10 days until the Chargers are scheduled to open training camp. So I think they're going to have to sit down, their general manager, Tom Telesco, their head coach, Anthony Lynn, and they're going to have to figure out, do we want to offer more money to a player as good and as valuable as Melvin Gordon, or do we want to begin to explore the opportunity to trade him and begin to roll with Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson and the other young running backs on a roster that really is built to compete for an AFC West title and go far in the playoffs. This is what the Chargers now have to decide because the talks that the two sides have had up until now have not produced anything close to a deal, and I think Melvin Gordon is putting public pressure on this organization saying, I'm not going to stand for this the way it is, and if it's going to stay like this, it's not going to work. I'm not going to be there, and you can look to trade me. Adam, it's great information. Thank you so much. We'll be back to you later in the show. So when we're talking about Gordon, he's only played one full season, just a single Mm -hmm. season over 1,000 rushing yards. So, Jeff, what do you think of Gordon's case here? Well, here's my thing. If if he's talking about training camp, I can tell you from Tom Telesco, who's the general manager, uh, he doesn't care about Melvin Gordon going to training camp. Let's just be really honest. He's under Bill Polian when he was in Indianapolis. Bill Polian didn't care about training camp, guys, missing time. In fact, he probably encourages it in a, in, behind closed doors, right? Don't get my running back hurt. The question is, how far will he be willing to go in the season right. by holding out? Would he be willing to go do the Le'Veon Bell the whole season, only go a few games? Kind of where would that really last for him? Right. But I can tell you, as far as like a warning shot fired about, hey, I'm not going to come to training camp, that's not going to move him a bit. It's long-term. How, how can the Chargers balance distraction from one of their, if not their best player, in all honesty, but a guy who's been banged up? I mean, for, for all that he is, there's also a huge risk in him staying healthy. You just said, played one full season, hadn't rushed for over 1,000 yards, yeah. but he still has a tremendous amount of value <clears throat> Excuse me, for the Chargers. So it's the balance of do we go and pay a little more for a guy who, is, who has, has been banged up or do we stick to our guns and what distractions does that really bring into the locker room? It's a numbers game too, right? Absolutely. With Le'Veon Bell, he had a lot more to lose, and he did lose a lot more by sitting out that season. Correct. Melvin Gordon could afford right now with Only that fifth that five, option yeah, five million to sort number. of stretch it out into the season. To your point, though, Tom Telesco might say, hey, we just want him for the stretch. The question I have here, though, is for the Chargers. In this situation, you've got an aging Phillip Rivers. This is a team that wants to make this Super Bowl run. And by the way, they're not selling too many tickets out there. Right. They're trying to win the market or at least even compete for the market for this new stadium with the Rams. And right now it's going terribly. So if, if you're if your ownership in this situation, you've got to be looking at this and saying, if we don't have Melvin Gordon out there, do we even have a chance to make the type of playoff run that we believe we can? That, to me, is worth a little bit of money, too, even if it means you got to overpay to a degree. So, Dan, what's, what's the likelihood of a trade possibility, them moving on from Gordon? How do you see that? I, I think ultimately this probably gets done. And I think, you know, to Jeff's point about training camp, probably not a, really, a real deadline. They want him for the season. He doesn't need to learn the offense. Right, right. right. Uh, he, uh, he's very valuable to them, and it, the thousand, only 1,000-yard rushing season, but he's very valuable in the passing game. Yes. In fact, only Todd Gurley has scored more touchdowns from scrimmage than Melvin Gordon has over the past three years. So he's an incredibly productive player when he's on the field. Now, uh, as Adam mentioned, they have some running back depth, right? They have Austin Eckler, they have Justin Jackson, they like a lot, but 
Eckler's had his own health. I was going to say, right. man, that's a big gamble. And, going to see and, with that. And right, and as Jeff said, this is a team that wants to win this coming Super Bowl. Like, this is, they're all in. So, obviously, they're a better team with Melvin Gordon. I think they know that. It's a deal they've said they want to get done. Um, the fact that this happens today, you know, it, it reflects some frustration on the part of the agent, the running back, and maybe they're thinking they can put some public pressure on the team to get a deal done, and we'll see where that goes. But he's a, at $5.6 million. Look, David Johnson's the third highest paid running back at $13 million a year. Right. 5.6 is closer to Duke Johnson than it is to David Johnson. Yes. No offense to Duke <clears throat> Johnson, but that's more of a middle-of-the-pack contract. But you get it, Melvin though. Gordon, yes. You get why the Chargers want to take advantage of the cheaper sure. player in the fifth-year option. Well, of that's, course. That's the point of it, but you also understand from Melvin's standpoint. Right. So, and here's the thing. You're a running back, right? I mean, you've got right. to get your money. A catastrophic injury lurks around every corner. And people want to say, oh, he signed a contract or he agreed to a oh. contract. This is the fifth-year contract option on a first-year player. He had no control over this, right? right. This is the CBA right. that established uh, fifth-year options for rookie contracts. that are and, and, and because it's a running back, it's based on position because he wasn't a top-ten pick, the number is low. So he is underpaid right. relative to his production and relative to his role on the team. Uh, the question, of course, is by how much and what number he gets it done. I, I will say this from the Chargers' perspective. If you look at their last few seasons – They've been decimated by injuries at key positions, at key moments in the season, right? And so when you have your running back, and to your point how valuable this running back is, it is a tough call. Do I overpay him in my own numbers world from the Chargers' perspective? Because injuries have set them back. But Rivers is older. I mean, you know, you're looking at this thing begin to close down. you got to do it now, And you want to do it. So is it worth the risk of just biting the bullet and saying, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to go ahead and make this offer. Here's the other part for for what Gordon does in the locker room. And I, I will say this from a guy who sat in there many times. When you pay guys who are doing it for your squad, mm-hmm. it matters. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think the outside world understands that, but it really does matter when you're sitting in there and you see a guy, okay, he hasn't been as healthy as we wanted him to, but he has produced, and we're still going to pay him because he is putting his body out there. To your point, Dan, running back, I mean, they are getting – I mean, oh, it is – They beat them yeah, down. I would, you couldn't pay me enough to get out. I mean, it is a painful position, yeah. and that he goes out there and does that – Guys in the locker room love to see their own guys get taken care of. I know Tom Telesco believes in that. It's just a matter of how far are those right. numbers off. Because I will say this, from the top end of that thing, when you, when you start talking about the David Johnson numbers, you know how far are you will, really willing to go? That's, those are big numbers, and guys are getting hurt. That gives you some caution as well. I think you could pay oh, him enough to play running back, by the way. I well, think he's, I mean, you know. I mean, <laughs> there's yeah, always a number. Yeah, there's always a number. I don't <laughs> be center, it's not like, that was, you know, it's not like you were – Skating there from contact. <laughs> That's position. a good point. When we come yeah. back, I do want to talk about like the Todd Gurley deal because he got paid he sooner than he needed to, and it didn't exactly work out, at least thus far. Yeah. So we'll come back and, and measure all those to see what happens. So last night at the ESPYs, the NFL was everywhere that you look. Patrick Mahomes won the best player in the NFL. No surprise there. Chief Phenom, 50 touchdowns, MVP season, the whole thing. Saquon Barkley won best breakthrough athlete. Giants back led the league with two thousand yards from scrimmage he was uh over two thousand that is he was named offensive rookie of the year and the season drew Brees broke peyton manning's passing record on monday night football he also passed brett Favre's completion record for that he took home the best record-breaking performance had a nice little wife mention in the speech as well gronk he left with a third of a trophy believe it or not sharing best moment that award he shares with Dwayne wade and lindsey vaughn all three won it 
after retiring from their respective sports, and rightfully so. And finally, the game of the year went to Chiefs-Rams, that Monday night madhouse. It was the first game in NFL history where both teams scored over 50 points. So we're spinning it ahead to the 2020 ESPYs. Jeff, we're starting with you. The most likely best game by 2020, what will you go with, Mr. Shadow? I'm going to go Chiefs at Patriots. I love that. I mean, listen, you saw the AFC Championship game. Chiefs up 28-24. Pats come back, scored. Then they had to go to overtime. Just an incredible game. Now you're going into New England, week 14, so you know who's pretenders and who are legit. Everybody's going to be excited. These teams will have no love lost. Like This is building a rivalry of who wants to go. We've heard all about Mahomes, but without Gronk, or maybe with Grunk. With Grunk. I'm, not, point, I'm not sure, sure baby. Maybe we, I mean, maybe Grunk's back, back by, by then. then. I'm not sure. That might but be his debut. It may be. So you never know. Everything could change in hey. week 14. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm looking into that workout. Just a touch. We'll yeah. get back oh, to that next segment. We're looking into that just a like touch. That. So Mahomes, the best player. Who's most likely to knock him off in 2012? Uh, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Again. I just, I just, I mean, how do you pick against Patrick Mahomes, the guy who in his first year as a starter, second year in the league, looks like a Hall of Famer? I think that we easy, are seeing a easy. generational player. Put him in the hall. Oh, my my word. Riddick knows what's up. Oh. This guy is just getting better and better. He's had a tremendous offseason by all accounts from everybody I've talked to. Put him up there again. This guy is coming back to defend that title. Baker Mayfield could be sneaky so in that category, it. too. I'm just saying he could be sneaky in that category. Let's get to Baker, the uh, yes. Saquon Barkley, one of the best breakthrough. Who do you think breaks through in 2000? Yeah, I'm going to go off the board a little bit because, first of all, Barkley, right, he was like the Heisman, Tro- Heisman Trophy yeah. candidate. Like, he had already kind of <laughs> yeah. broke through. Yeah. I- I'm going to say Dalvin Cook, running back for the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. This is a guy who's been limited by injury in his first two years in the league. He's missed 17 games, uh, and I think if he has full health, he's a vital part of an offense that I think can help the Vikings make a deep playoff run. So yeah. I'm looking at Dalvin Cook as a star running back. Get him late in your fantasy draft. Maybe he'll win you some games. <laughs> I really like that. Late. Right? Late. So, late. Yeah, well, I mean, later. You're saying he's a breakout later player. Saquon. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. That's the thing. I'm giving it away. So, uh. 4.7 <laughs> yards a carry. He caught 40 balls last year, even though he missed uh, five games due to injury. So, big yeah. part of what they want to do in Minnesota. I like that pick. All right, yeah. so Breeze was the record-breaking performance last night. The, the wife shout-out was pretty class. I mean, he's the best. In that he's a stud. So man. smooth with yes. it. Yes. Um, <laughs> Who's that go-to next year? Record breaking. I'm going Fitzgerald breaking. Go, go, going into second place. He's no one's well, going to reach Jerry Rice, yep. but he's going to go over uh, Tony Gonzalez, which is which is incredible in itself. Uh, but here's a guy who eight of fifteen seasons he's been on losing football teams. Half the t- half of America wouldn't know quarterbacks' names that have started for him <laughs> and thrown passes to him. I know he's had Kurt Warner and, and Palmer, but the guy is a pro's pro. He shows up uh, still every time he scores a touchdown. Right to the ref. I mean, just uh, a, a true gentleman in our game, man. So much respect. And so I'm putting him in there for the record-breaking performance. Just an absolute stud. Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us. That is truly frightening. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents. Uh... Thank you, creepy girls. Want to see our room? Mm, we're gonna sleep in the car now. Happy Geico-ween. Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents. Visit Spain. This is unbelievable. Hanging with the Bulls. This will be the crazy oh, video no! see all day. I mean. No green screen. Darlington, you no ever did Photoshop. this? I would love to do this. Yeah? I would, I would love to. I would not, I'll tell you this, what I would not do is I would not try to jump over the bowl. 
Wow. Good gracious. Josh Norman has a lot of energy, man. That's, okay. a, that's, that's an amazing video. There's a shot, too, from the wide shot where he's, like, on the run a little bit and then yeah. jumps. And he's jumping straight over the, what do they call them? Anybody know what the bulls? Horns? I'll yeah. say right horns. Horns. horns is good. Right over the horns. By the yeah. way, this is, something, nice. this is something that Josh Norman has talked about even in his, his Charlotte days when he was with the Panthers. Oh, he, yeah? he would talk about how he always had a dream of running with the bulls. Yep. So this is like a lifelong dream. Maybe, maybe wait. For after your yeah, I, I would say if, if I'm on his team, we're talking <laughs> July. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wait just a little bit, man. To, Let's to put it in perspective, five people this year at the running of the Bulls, which is uh, over more than two weeks, almost three weeks. Five people have been gored this year. Yeah, Josh Norman, not one of them. No, thank fortunately for him. Almost anyone else who tried what he Same did measure. would probably be on that list. Would probably make yeah, it six you don't or seven. jump over, yeah, that's, you run that's away a from bit, yes. a how, how will Gruden take this news? Well, I think he, you know the fact that he made it. Yeah. I think obviously helps right. you know you don't you don't love one of your most important players oh. engaging in dangerous activity like this and most NFL contracts are structured in such a way that if you go and do something like that and you get hurt that's going to be on you yeah. right um, but obviously he's an important piece for Washington you know he's his cap numbers are getting high but they're yeah. not ready to get rid of him yet yeah let, let me say this too it's not I mean from a, from the financial side Dan to Dan's point that's one thing right like you, 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 the team would not have to pay him whatever that looks like it's bigger than just that the reality is, if you get hurt doing this, you put your team, your teammates in a bind. It's not, I mean, from a mm-hmm. team perspective, from a financial perspective, that would be the part for me. You know, if we're, if we're going to go in, do you think we have a chance to win some games? Maybe he doesn't think. I have, I mean, they have a chance to win a bunch of games. But, but if you do, you're an important part of us winning games. Did, Let's did, not. Did you, did you used to put yourself in a bubble though in the offseason? Like, what was your, like, what would be your, your idea of like an adventure during the offseason? No, I, I wouldn't put a bubble, but I wouldn't jump a bull. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think there's, Levels of yeah, there's, there's levels of like skiing. I would not put in the same category really? as jumping over a bull. Water right. wake, if, yeah, what, if, if you're out wake, you know, if you're wake surfing on behind, I don't think that's as dangerous. If, if you're you tubing with your family, like, yeah, like I mean, yeah, some of those things. Jumping over a bull, I'd probably put on the upper end of. Listen, I would put it in there with motorcycle yeah. jumping, alligator yeah. wrestling, yeah, you know, that, yeah. Yeah. that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Saturday, he just puts on OBJ's outfit and he goes fly. That's minutes. what I'm saying. <laughs> I just told you five minutes ago. Exactly right. Right. Let's go to what's becoming the mecca Product. of the sports world in 2019. The city of L.A. Rams, Todd Gurley, slow end he had to 2018. Finished a combined total just 47 yards in the NFC Championship game at Super Bowl. So here is Gurley on that knee injury that continues to linger. I'm just like, hey, we're going to find out training camp. You know, yeah. once training camp comes, you know, you got the preseason, but... You know how I feel about preseason. <laughs> well, we've been talking all off-season, off Todd, about the rest and everything that, you know, to, to help you, you know, be as fresh as you can be in December and January. Will you have to change any of your style of play for that to happen and be fresh, you know, later in the year? No, man. It's For me, it's like, I mean, I've been doing this my whole life, so it's like, it will, it will be so hard for me to even try to change, like, a style of my yeah. play, which it's, that's not even me, like. I don't even know how to describe my game. It's just like I'm gonna just keep doing what I can can do until I can't do it no more. Like, yeah. You know, and that's why we play this sport. But I've been feeling good. Um, I'm definitely not gonna change anything. I'm sure. gonna come with that same mindset. All right. So we're sitting at what here? July 11th. 11th. Yeah. yeah free Jul- Slurpees. July 11th. It's been six months or something like that since the Super Bowl, and we're still talking about no, that knee that was lingering. That's got to mean there's something going on here, wouldn't you think? Well, well, so, yes and no. So, I had dinner, as I mentioned before, with Jared Goff um, a couple nights ago. Yep. 
And, and like, I honestly believe Jared when he talks about this. Like, he's fine. He's good, man. He's going to be great this year. I would have expected after that Super Bowl situation, like, I'm much more reluctant to be like, I don't believe it. Like, I, I, that was such a disappearing act from Gurley late in the season. But a guy who knows him better than anybody in Jared does not feel like he's just trying to, like, brush this aside as it's not a big deal. His point is that he is good. He has seen him run on it. He, he has talked to Todd about it. And he believes that we're going to see the Todd Gurley that we have come to know in the NFL. Let me, let me tell you something, man. He, he, he's hoping that he's the same Todd Gurley because no one knows what it's going to look like until other grown men yeah, hit you 16, 17, you. 18 I mean, weeks in a row and you come next December, next January, next February where they're hoping they're going to be playing and he is vital for them to get anywhere near that. All the OTAs, all the spring, all the shorts and helmets, all that nonsense that we make everybody do and complain because they don't show up, all that kind of nonsense. When it gets real and it gets to be people banging other people's bodies, those running backs take significant shots on their lower body. So I don't care what he looks like right now. I mean, really, you can come back and say, man, he runs faster. He looks stronger. He ain't taking a shot. Since back, back, really before the playoff, I mean, he played, he didn't play, play like we expected him to. C.J. Anderson toted that team in the playoffs. Listen, he better hope. Yeah, everybody can say all the right things. We need to see it for real. And this is a big deal. We know that there is an arthritic component to this. Yeah, and, and there has been there for five years. This is not a new thing with Todd. Correct. The question is, is it degenerating to the point where it's going to continue to impact him in a negative and that, way? That is the key question. And the problem here is uh, the, the Rams were not honest about this throughout uh, last January. Right. Yeah. So we can't fully trust what they say yeah. in terms of how healthy Todd Gurley is. Obviously, as fans of the game, you hope Todd Gurley is full strength and, and tearing it up the way we've seen, but you can't fully trust it, and I don't think the Rams can fully trust it. They'll stock up. You know, they got the backup. Uh, Malcolm Brown comes back off of his own injury. So they'll have a little depth there, uh, and maybe they can manage his workload. But Todd Gurley for the Rams is valuable because of how much work he gets. That's exactly right. And what he can deliver in terms of volume and how much they can rely on him. So it's critical. And whatever condition his knee is in right now, nothing he does on a football field is going to improve it. Right. And, and, it, and it could obviously make it worse. So it's, it's something we're going to be watching not just this year, it. but for whatever the I agree. Experience. I don't like the way that the Rams handled it. I, I'm just saying, like, talking to Jared about it in yeah, a much I, more, like, casual I, – I was surprised – to the degree with which he is confident. Because in all players, all players are in denial. I can still play, bro. I gained 15 pounds. I'm starting back in the that. NFL. I'm telling you for real, Let's dude. Go. I'm a Let go. You put Let's 15. Go, I'm a baller, bro. Let's I can go. do my business. Who's Every player thinks that they feel great right now, right? We used to make a running joke, right? The first stretching period of the season. This is as good as you're ever going to feel, man. Yep. It's a downhill battle from here. It's going to get worse. So, you know, How I love it. I hope right Gurley believes it too. But anybody needs a center, I'll put some weight back on. I'm still ready. So, so how does all this kind of come together, if you will? Because you have Gurley who got paid early. Yeah. And now you have this knee thing that looks like it's not going to be a quick fix by any means. How is that going to affect what we're going to, now going to see from you Gordon you on the other end? You cannot oh. blame Melvin Gordon for what Todd Gurley's going through. I, I hate to see this comparison. I get it. From a timing perspective, we see that Melvin Gordon uh, is coming after a contract with which Todd Gurley got paid, and now we have questions about knees. You can go back for decades and find examples of guys that worked out and guys that didn't. Right. To hold this against Melvin Gordon, I think, is ridiculous. And the Chargers will try to do it. 
But that's an absurd use of negotiating leverage. Wait, the charges will try to do it. And negotiating leverage, this is what, this is what all this is. Right? Right. Exactly the charges right. will say, hey, no, they, you can't have that girly money. Look what happened to girly. Yeah, right. That's a bad investment. And Gordon will say, you know, my 5.6 is too low. I mean, so it's all, if they want him back and he wants to stay, there's a number they can get to that sure. makes that happen. Yeah. And I right. think that's important for people who are watching to understand. But if they don't, if there's a number beyond which the charges won't go for a running back, no matter who you are, and he wants more than that, then I think that's where it gets And we don't trouble. know those numbers yet. We don't. That's the one thing. When, when you hear Melvin's side saying that it was an insulting offer, we don't know what the numbers were. We don't know right. if he's asking for, you know, to be the highest paid running back ever. You and know, on July knows? 11th, it's almost uh, all... That's right. Yeah. Hey, right. let's, let's get back in the man who's been all over this story one time. What do you yeah. say? Let's get Shady back in because he was all over this. you got to remember that he was a first-round pick, so that fifth-year option now exists. So let's get Schefter back in. So how did we get here? In its simplest forms, how do you think we got here, Adam, with Gordon? Well, Jack, very simply, Melvin Gordon knows that he's headed into that fifth-year option at $5.6 million. He's been angling for a new deal this offseason. And the talks with Melvin Gordon's agents, Fletcher Smith and Demarius Bilbo, did not go the way that the Melvin Gordon camp had hoped. And because the talks went on for as long as they did and didn't produce anything, the Melvin Gordon camp felt it was imperative to make it public to let everybody know in advance of training camp that they're not going to training camp without a new contract, which at this point in time, Jack, is not on the horizon. And if there's no new deal, then Melvin Gordon is going to ask to be traded. Now, again, we bring up that fifth-year option. And it's interesting because the NFL and the NFL Players Association are now getting into talks over a new collective bargaining agreement. And I think the one thing that the player side has to get in the next round of talks is a deal without a fifth-year player option, which again works against Melvin Gordon in this particular case because otherwise he would be a free agent and might have had the chance to be paid. Look, he wants to be paid right now along the lines of Todd Gurley or David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell. The Chargers view it a different way. They view it, look, we value him and we want to pay him and we've made him offers, but we have not made him an offer that basically makes him happy and puts him into the category that he wants to be put in. And it's up to both sides, really, to figure out a way to bridge their differences in the remaining days before training camp or, as Jeff Saturday knows, into the first couple of weeks of training camp so that they can get Melvin Gordon in. Because if he's not there, whether or not you agree with his stance, whether or not you agree with the team's stance, that's going to impact the other players in the locker room and how they view the organization. So it's up to all sides to figure out a way to get this done, or if they can't get it done, to move on to find a trade partner for Melvin Gordon, who obviously is determined to land that long-term deal now that puts him more along the lines of the top-paid running backs in the league. Shefty, awesome stuff. We really appreciate all that. So let's get to this. Rivers turns 38 years old this year. That is a little bit older. Maybe not quite as old as it used to be in Mm -hmm. quarterback terms. But how important is it to have Gordon so that they can capitalize on the Super Bowl window? I think it's huge. I mean, I, I, I honestly think that it should impact. I mean, you have to be so del- so deliberate about this if you're a Tosco, right? Yes. Like a general manager doesn't want to put conditions on when he signs a guy and why. But when you look at the situation that is facing the Chargers, a team that is primed for a deep playoff run in a market where they are trying to sell tickets and win market share with another team in that exact place, I, I just think it's worth a little bit more if you have to get Yeah, and I think from, from Telesco's perspective, when, when you think about how, how many good teams they've really had these past two or three right. years, 
and they've been kind of set by the wayside because of injury. I mean, just Including inopportune Melvin Mel- 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 Gordon. Gordon. And so as you're looking at this and you feel like, hey, we really are primed to make a push and we have a very good football team, man, you know, h- how much is it really worth? And I think that's the yeah. balance you have to find. And, and what Shefty was talking about inside the locker room, how true that really is. When, when you take care of your own inside a locker room, a guy who has been injured, he's been banged up, playing the game for you, and you say, no, no, we understand he's been banged up. We're still willing to take care of our guys first. We're not going to go try to find another guy. It speaks volumes in the locker room because guys realize we're all one play away from not being able to do this anymore. So there's an expectation, though, that when you do do it and right. you are productive and you, that you're the guy or a guy on the team who's continuing to put it on the line, you want to be taken care of. Telesco's not going to miss that. He gets it. But, but maybe so, their philosophy is that they don't need to pay a guy, period, playing the running back right. position. That's well, the new trend, have, the new thought process in the NFL. Why are, they, why are they right or wrong? Well, right. they're willing to pay him 5.6. We know that, right? right. I, I mean, right, they picked up the option, so it's 5.6. So I, I, think I, I think they're willing to pay him. Again, it's just a matter of getting to the number. And in terms of the dollars and cents, there's a couple of quirky facts about the fifth-year option that might help people understand. Todd Gurley's fifth-year option was going to be $9.6 million because he was a top-ten pick. Right. If you're not a top-ten pick, the fifth-year option price, even at the same position, drops significantly. So that's a tough break for Melvin Gordon to have been picked outside the top Anomaly, ten. You, right. And it's not his fault, right? right. So it's not, you know, so it, it, that's not up to him. And then the other thing you have to understand is, you know, in terms of the, the numbers, that's going to factor into Gordon's Leverage. So Gurley might have been able to demand more. I, I think if you're if you're Gordon and you, Gordon's agent, you're going in looking for Gurley money, and you're probably willing to take the David Johnson money mm-hmm. and that kind of structure, which is a very good structure, paid yes. out a, a, right. a, a fair amount of guaranteed money early on. So I, I, there's something to get to. Again, the question is, and it's one only the Chargers can answer: What's their stopping point yeah, what's the in ceiling? terms of running back? And this is a special player. They've said they want to extend him, but what, what's the number they yeah, won't go past? Point. And if that number exists. Uh, then it could be a major issue. All right, let's, let's get Adam Schefter back in. We got Adam, he's still sitting over in his office closet, whatever the heck it is. Let's get him right back in. Adam, so break this down. Make a little sense of all this for yes. us. I refuse to even try to tee you up. Do your thing. Well, Jack, again, let's keep in mind that Melvin Gordon is one of the most popular and respected players in that locker room, that everybody's watching that situation and how it unfolds. But let's also keep in mind this. The Chargers head coach, Anthony Lynn, is a former NFL mm-hmm. running back himself. <laughs> That's right. He's done a great job of grooming running backs throughout his entire career, and he loves Melvin Gordon and thinks Melvin Gordon is a stud running back and should be compensated. But that gets us back to the initial point. The Chargers have a certain value that they placed on Melvin Gordon, and Melvin Gordon and his agents, Fletcher Smith and Demarius Bilbo, have a different value that they've assigned to him. And so Anthony Lynn has made his living in the NFL, whether it's in Cleveland or New York with the Jets or with the Chargers, at developing other running backs. And so the Chargers know that they really want to get this deal done with Melvin Gordon. But if they can't, that somehow they'll count on Anthony Lynn to develop some of these other good young running backs that they have in their organization. Won't be as good as Melvin Gordon. Won't be the same. But that's what the Chargers Mm -hmm. now have to wrestle with. Good stuff. Adam, just stay stay right there in the office. We may come back to just any given moment. Tell Dylan to keep man in the camera for us. That is, uh, that's awesome stuff. All right. Welcome back to NFL Live. We are 56 days away from Packers Bears kicking us into the 100th season of NFL football. And on to that, we're opening up Vintage Vault. You know that man right there. Lawrence oh, yeah. Taylor, baby. Mm-hmm. Let's relive 
some of the greatest Lawrence Taylor moments through the years. 1984, we begin. Giants, Chiefs. Jim Arnold of the Chiefs going to drop the snap and look at LT go. <laughs> like a shark. Yeah. It's just unbelievable, man. It's a field goal attempt, right? So he's not even thinking about slow motion, though. It makes him look right. Really slow. Yeah. <laughs> Number five, 1981, this is. Giants, Cardinals. Neil Lomax dropped back the pass. Oh, Taylor getting a ball up in the air. What happened, over there, on, great. What happened over there on the left side yeah. here? <laughs> you better send help. <laughs> I can tell you that. I don't care who's trying to block him one-on-one. You better oh. send help that way. Is that is a bad man look, who is coming downhill. He even play a little angry, too. He's like at that ultimate edge. 93, he's still playing. Giants, Bears, look at this. Help. Jim Harbaugh. The speed around speed. the edge, the rip, the speed. The utter futility of the tackle chasing after him. He's already been the, I believe this to be the best player who's ever played in the NFL, Lawrence Taylor. Agreed. Regardless of position, offense, defense, that's my personal opinion. From, that's a bit of a hot take there. That's that is, a bit of a, we're going to let that slide. That's a bit of a hot take. I mean, he's got to be in everybody's conversation, right? Oh, yeah. He's, he's no in doubt. the conversation, no doubt. Tough to pick a non-quarterback. But 1990, this is the Cowboys. Because <laughs> <laughs> We got a whole I, guess, I guess we are going to debate. 1982, the Lions, LT, oh, yeah. oh, Jerry Danielson. He's still calling it. It's basic one-handed sack. That's all right. That's good. I like the host just sneaking the job. Yeah, you can take a quarterback yeah. if you want, but it's a one-handed sack <laughs> while being held. That's cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get to play number one of LT, 82. Poor Gary Danielson. Gary Danielson. What? He's taking a here. Good like, thing you can call games, Gary. It's Gary Danielson. Participation? You got to be kidding me. Does he, does he have the like wheels, a, though? Can he he make does it? have the wheels. Oh, he's got the wheels. But he might be tired from the but night before. Big I don't know. <laughs> North Carolina alum oh, as well. That's heel. what I'm talking about, fellow Tar Heel. All right, so we're saying that LT, undisputed GOAT, wearing the number 56. Dan says GOAT, period. So there you go. Damn, man. Chris Dolman, Andre Triplett, Hall of Famers, Pat Swilling. Was former defensive player of the year for the Dome Patrol in New Orleans. Yes, Good sir. Players. Then we have some 56 on offense, too. Ooh. I don't know this guy. Big Q. Off Quentin Nelson. Offense. Pride of Notre Dame. Back. First team all pro. So when we talk about Quentin, honestly, that's becoming one of the best offensive lines in football. Yes, sir. Over there in Indy to go along with a pretty darn good defense, too. What makes Quentin Nelson, big 56, so great? How do you view his game, Jeff? So One of the most physical players up front in the game. Offense, defensive line, just plays physically dominant. And the crazy part is his technique's not even that great yet. Like, as you watch him develop, his hands will be outside. Look at that. He just flat out runs over. To, like, in the NFL, that's unheard of. I mean, usually, you, you know, you can stalemate. You know, you freeze at the line. Whatever. He's knocking guys down, pushing guys back. Plays, like I said, he plays a style of ball that's just aggressive. Look at him just, I mean, and he wants to sit on top of you late, kind of insult you. I mean, he's just got the nastiness that you're looking for. Look at him finish Clowney right here. Like, you want it. I mean, you want it. They're going to have a little fight right here. Look at him finish him in the pile. That's no stop for a guard. Clowney did not appreciate that. He no, wanted he not. He wanted some action. Q wasn't backing down. I heard you sneak in the Notre Dame comment. Yep. But that's the part that I'm so excited <laughs> about is that, as good as he was last year, all pro, he still has a long way to go to develop to his best. 
to yeah. his potential, man, this guy can he, he can set it off. He, he is a fun player to watch, especially as a former offensive lineman, man. He can do is it. That, is this like a fraternity, though? Like, is he your guy? I mean, is like that – do you kind of mentor him at all? No, no, no mentoring. He doesn't need mentors, dog. He just shows up, <laughs> yeah. dominates. He needs coaching. He's such, he's, a, such a center. Like, such an offensive no, lineman. We don't – listen, we don't need – we don't have that. Like, that's what uh, quarterbacks and receivers, lineman, they all – we want to go redefine our position. Nine. They're so – they try it's, to be so mean. But it's what really we do. Yeah. It's worth mentioning, too, the Colts allowed the fewest sacks in the NFL last season, in yes, large part thanks to that big fella right there. We don't need mentors. No middle. All right, welcome back to NFL Live. Chargers star running back wants new money or no football. He's entering the fifth year of his rookie deal, worth up to $5.6 million, just over that it is. So as Gordon presses down on the Chargers, our Adam Schefter has been all over this story. And now we have the latest referendum on the value of a running back in the NFL. Melvin Gordon believes that he deserves to be paid amongst the highest paid running backs in the game right there with Todd Gurley and David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell. The Chargers believe that they are willing to pay Melvin Gordon, but up to a certain limit. They think that he is important in their locker room. He is valued on the football field, but they've assigned a price that is way different than the one that Melvin Gordon has of himself right now. And so that's the standoff as we speak and as we get ready for training camp to open in the next 10 days. It's up to both sides to try to figure out a way to bridge their differences and see if they can resolve them. If they can't, Melvin Gordon won't be at training camp and he will be demanding a trade. And that will open up the other question of what markets and teams make sense for Melvin Gordon to wind up at. But these two sides now must figure out a solution to what is a headache and really the latest referendum on the value of an NFL running back. Adam, thank you very much. As we speak on holding out from football, we have puzzle piece number one to a late season Gronk encore. We've been on this one for a minute, Darlington. Robbie G has confirmed that Tom Brady reached out to run routes this offseason, to which Rob said, hell yeah. So it could be cardio <laughs> with the boys, could be clue one for a shot at Super Bowl number four. Who knows the workout? How does it change? Things of course, he's coming back. To the I end. agree. Um, no, to be quite honest, like I, I think that we will make a bigger deal out of that workout than maybe needs to be done. These guys are really close. And of course, they're going to hang and work out when they're in the same place. That should not surprise anybody for how close they are. When it comes to, I've been saying all offseason, kind of jokingly saying, yeah, he's coming back. Any, anybody who's saying he's coming back is completely speculating. Rob Gronkowski believes he's retired. He also knows in his mind, like, I think that he's done with the Patriots. I'll say that. Really? Yeah. That's I think that if he's going to play again, it actually would not be from the Patriots. I think he ultimately really? takes a step back, sees what the market is out there for him outside of football, and then ultimately maybe feels out what, what is available. He's going to play with I'm the just, quarterback besides keep Tom Brady. Bombs on you. You've got yeah, to remember, like, something else. the relationship between Gronkowski and Bill Belichick was not great in the last few years. And, and I'm not trying to, like, stir the pot here. It's just a reality. So I'm not saying that that dismisses the idea that his relationship is with Tom Brady is such that he could make a return. But I just think the dynamic in play there between Belichick, who also would have to sign off on this, and Gronkowski does play a part in this. It's not as simple as Gronk coming up, calling Bill and saying, hey, Bill, I'm ready to come back. It's week eight. That's just not <laughs> I'm the ready way that to come this back, is going to go. Bill. But if, if he wanted to play for another team, the Patriots would have some control over that. He sure. was under contract for 2019. Bill Belichick's a man that will not let – uh, a front office person interview for a GM job right. yeah. anywhere else, right? No, so you're right. You're I, right. I think they would have to get something in return. This is, this is all – we have to be fantasy. so clear there. Right. This is fantasy. all fantasy play right. here, including the fact that Rob Gronkowski himself 
is happy right now. He is evaluating his life. Losing he's weight. figuring it out. He's feeling losing good. weight. Feeling yeah. good. I mean, Joe Thomas lost like 100 pounds. I would joke with Joe. You're coming back. He's like, I can't come back. Look but, at me. Yeah. But they could have slammed that door. And right, right as he retired, his agent just walked right back over, just cracked that thing right back open. Yeah. Remember? He said, yes. he's, you know. That's, <laughs> yes. So make, make the case. When would it be? It has to be week 10, right? That yeah, by I the think rule his book? body, I mean, you know, his body has paid the significant price. So I think as, as he moves on, you know, middle of season type stuff, all of a sudden he's feeling good. Patriots have a need. Now Bill's not nearly, we'll uh, not nearly as difficult to convince. When Bill has a need to be Brock is going to play football again. Oh boy. Uh oh. Hot take here. Team. Wow. I love it. <laughs> the SVs were last night. Our Diana Rossini was working the red carpet and beyond. So here is a behind the scenes look from the 2019 edition. Take a look. Alright guys, I'm back on the red carpet for NFL Live Behind the Scenes 2019 with the new Detroit Lions, Danny Mandola. And we are here with Boomer at the SBs. Oh, Patrick Mahomes is here! With Cleveland. Bye, Gary. Adrian, as someone that doesn't have a Super Bowl ring, sorry. Odell Beckham Jr., Saquon Barkley, Chris Long, all in the house. Fred Haskins is going to lead the Washington Redskins to win the division this year. That's my prediction. That's my prediction. Oh, here we go. That boy, DK, good. Oh, here we go. Custom made, though. You know how I do. Oh, he's got that number in it. The red carpet was wild. Stars, they're just like us. They eat. What's on your dish? Good luck with that Super Bowl hangover this season. <laughs> That'll do it for me at the FBU this year. It's an awesome show. Diana's got some energy, man. Hey, why so, you're, hey, yeah, what are you're you telling me, yeah. you're telling me if Tom Brady and Robert Kraft uh, he's, call Gronk week 10, yeah. he's not going to come back and play. No, I th- I, I th- I've said all along I think Gronk is coming back. I'm what just saying say there's who you play another with. team. With. It could be he with another team, too. He would be with the Patriots. I'm bringing it back. I know it. You know it. There's a number of teams. Gronk is still tired. He's the red eye. He's the red eye. Gronk's coming back. He's coming back. He better be. He better be at this point. That's your can.